0: Hi everyone, this is Dr. Gayla. Welcome to your Health Connection. It's great to be with you. This podcast is designed to give you natural solutions to your health problems based upon my 35 years of experience as a functional medicine practitioner. I love helping individuals experiencing complicated conditions when nothing else has worked. Each week I'll be giving you health tips and strategies that you can implement to improve your health and function at your best. Thanks for spending some time with me today. If you have high blood pressure, this episode is for you. Uncontrolled high blood pressure can lead to an increased risk of serious health conditions, including congestive heart failure, heart attack, stroke, atherosclerosis, brain damage, vision loss, and or kidney failure. According to Dr. Mark Houston, an internist and cardiovascular specialist, High blood pressure, also called hypertension, is not a disease. It's a manifestation of an abnormal vascular system. In other words, the structure and function of your arteries are abnormal. If you have high blood pressure, it forces your heart and your blood vessels to work harder than normal, making them highly susceptible to injury. Only 34% of individuals with high blood pressure respond favorably to drug treatment. So looking at natural solutions for addressing high blood pressure makes a lot of sense. ACE inhibitors are commonly recommended for regulating blood pressure. These drugs inhibit the enzyme that converts the hormone known as angiotensin 1 to the angiotensin 2. This is the hormone that causes your blood vessels to constrict and causes high blood pressure. Angiotensin 2 also stimulates the release of hormone from your adrenal glands It causes your kidneys to retain sodium and causes sodium and water retention. ACE inhibitors can lower your blood pressure, but they can also cause several side effects, including dry mouth, which is very, very common. Dizziness, lightheadedness, headaches, and impotence. If you currently are taking a medication, it's very important that you carefully monitor your blood pressure and you should always work with your doctor to gradually reduce the dosage of your medication so that you don't get into any trouble. Because high blood pressure is the most important risk factor for premature death, it's very important that you keep your blood pressure under control. Let's begin by taking a look at some statistics. According to the CDC in 2020, 108 million Americans have high blood pressure and almost nine in ten Americans are expected to develop high blood pressure by the age of 65. Today we'll take a look at the causes, the best tests to run, a few case histories, and the most effective natural solutions I've found for lowering blood pressure. So let's go over the causes of high blood pressure. The three underlying factors that can cause high blood pressure include inflammation, oxidative damage, and autoimmune dysfunction. So let's examine how these underlying factors can lead to the constriction of your blood vessel walls and cause high blood pressure. It's well known that genetic, environmental, and dietary factors profoundly influence both your gut microbiota and your blood pressure. Your gut microbiota consists of trillions of bacteria, viruses, and fungal forms that live in your intestine, and all of these microbes need to be in balance. If you have gut imbalance known as dysbiosis, you have an imbalance in the good and bad bugs in your, that live in your gut. Eating the standard American diet high in bad fats, processed foods, sugar, pesticides, foods containing antibiotics, can cause an imbalance in the bacteria in your intestine. If the good bacteria die, the bad bacteria can take over and cause problems. Intestinal permeability, also known as leaky gut, is another common problem in our society because chronic stress, poor diet, and painkillers can destroy the delicate lining in your small intestine. When your gut lining is damaged, the tight junctions between the cells in your small intestine can open up and allow unwanted toxins, bacteria, and undigested food particles to pass into your blood. If bacteria move from your large intestine into your small intestine, you can develop what's known as small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or SIBO. Because these bacteria do not belong in your small intestine, they can cause discomfort because they ferment carbohydrates leading to the production of gas, bloating, constipation, and or diarrhea. They can also release substances known as lipopolysaccharides, or LPS. When these substances go through your leaky gut and enter your bloodstream, your immune system recognizes these particles as foreign invaders and produces inflammatory chemicals that cause inflammation throughout your body. Inflammation can negatively impact your blood vessel walls and lead to high blood pressure. A study designed to test the hypothesis that dysbiosis in gut bacteria is associated with high blood pressure was published in the journal Hypertension. The study demonstrated that high blood pressure is associated with gut dysbiosis. The researchers observed a significant decrease in the richness, diversity, and evenness of bacteria in the hypertensive rats and an increased Firmicutes to bacteroidetes ratio. Formicutes are the bacteria in your large intestine that are considered to be the bad guys because they have a negative influence on your glucose and fat metabolism and are associated with increased inflammation. Increased ratios of formicutes to bacteroidetes species have been correlated with obesity, type 2 diabetes, and inflammation. Several studies using mice fed a high-fat diet have directly correlated Vermicutee species' abundance to weight gain, dysregulated energy metabolism, and inflammation. In one study, investigators demonstrated that a high bad fat diet induced significant weight gain, inflammation of the colon, and increased circulating pro-inflammatory chemicals called cytokines. The microbiota of a group of human hypertensive patients was found to follow a similar dysbiotic pattern, as it was less rich and diverse than that of the control subjects. Bacteroidetes are the good bacteria because they produce something called short-chain fatty acids, which reduce inflammation. These fatty acids are what the good bacteria in your large intestine feed upon. The researchers evaluated the efficacy of an antibiotic, minocycline, in restoring gut microbiota and found that in addition to lowering high blood pressure, minocycline was able to rebalance the dysbiotic hypertension gut bacteria by reducing the Firmicutes-Bacteroidetes ratio, I prefer to recommend herbal antimicrobials to kill dysbiotic bacteria because they do not kill the good probiotic bacteria. The observations from this study demonstrated that high blood pressure is associated with gut microbiota dysbiosis, both in animal and human hypertension. In a two-week study comparing the effects of a plant-based African diet to the standard American diet. Researchers observed that when the Africans changed their plant-based diet to a standard American diet, high in bad fats, refined foods, and sugar, the levels of their bad formicates increased, and the levels of the good bacteroidetes decreased. The opposite happened when the Americans changed their diet to a plant-based diet. Their levels of the good bacteroidetes bacteria increased, and their levels of the bad formicates bacteria decreased. Now that we've looked at how inflammation can cause high blood pressure, let's take a look at how oxidative stress and autoimmune dysfunction can cause high blood pressure. We know that gut dysbiosis can create oxidative stress by increasing free radical production. There is considerable evidence supporting the view that oxidative stress is involved in the development of high blood pressure. Oxidative stress happens when we produce free radicals. Radicals are like chemical bullets. When they hit your cells, They damage, mutate, or kill them. If your normal LDL cholesterol is damaged by free radicals, a substance called oxidized LDL is produced. Oxidized LDL is the harmful cholesterol that can cause narrowing of your arteries and can inhibit the production of something called nitric oxide. This is a chemical that relaxes the walls of your blood vessels and reduces your blood pressure. If your nitric oxide levels are reduced by free radical production, your blood vessels will constrict, leading to high blood pressure. Studies have shown that a deficiency of the antioxidant vitamins such as A, C, and E, the ones that detoxify the harmful effects of free radicals, is associated with high blood pressure. So let's look at autoimmune dysfunction. This results when your immune system attacks your healthy cell. This can happen if you do not address symptoms of chronic inflammation. If you are chronically inflamed, your immune system can go haywire and start to attack your healthy cells. So let's take a close look at the underlying causes of inflammation, oxidative damage, and autoimmune dysfunction. The first causal factor underlying these three potential causes of high blood pressure is what you eat. Eating foods high in sugar and refined carbohydrates that convert into sugar has been associated with high blood pressure, and reducing sugar intake has been shown to lower blood pressure. This is because eating sugar creates high insulin levels, and chronically high insulin levels leads to inflammation, obesity, and high blood pressure. Your body produces inflammatory chemicals from eating bad fats in industrial vegetable oils, including canola, soybean, peanut, and safflower oil. These oils are very susceptible to damage from factors such as heat and light, and the process by which industrial vegetable oils are made exposes them to heat, metals, and other chemicals that damage the fatty acids and produce rancid or toxic fats. The oxidation of unsaturated fats in industrial vegetable oils produces something called Advanced Lipid Oxidation End Products, or ALEs. ALEs are absorbed from your gut into your circulatory system, where they activate an inflammatory response that generates chemicals that damage the genetic information within your cells, causing mutations and death to many of your cells. The causes of oxidative stress include exposure to environmental toxins in our air, food, and water, from stress, and from consuming processed and packaged foods containing the bad vegetable oils, canola, soybean, safflower, or peanut oil. It's important to eat anti-inflammatory fats found in extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, avocados, wild-caught seafood, nuts, and seeds. So let's discuss autoimmune dysfunction. Evidence has suggested that high blood pressure can be caused by an autoimmune response, in which your immune system attacks your healthy body tissue. This can result from eating a standard American diet and is another suspected risk factor for developing an autoimmune disease. It is known that eating a high-fat, high-sugar, and highly processed food diet can cause inflammation, And over time, this can set off an autoimmune response. An autoimmune response can produce autoantibodies leading to the production of chemicals that cause your kidneys to retain sodium, and this can increase your blood pressure. Autoimmune diseases, including lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, are associated with an increased risk for high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease. Let's take a look at how lifestyle can impact your blood pressure. If you're overweight, it's important to lose weight because excess body fat can raise your blood pressure. Fat cells increase a substance known as leptin, and leptin stimulates your brain to increase your sympathetic nervous system, the one that produces your fight-or-flight hormones, and increases your blood pressure. Fat cells can lead to a decrease in adiponectin, a protein hormone that's produced by your fat cells. This substance reduces inflammation and the formation of fatty deposits in your arteries and enhances the response of your cells to insulin. It's a good guy. A decrease in this hormone decreases your insulin sensitivity and increases inflammation in your blood vessels. Fat cells also release inflammatory markers and free fatty acids, which stimulate your kidney to increase sodium resorption and water retention. So let's look at the best tests to run and why. I always recommend almost to every patient who comes into my office running a GI map DNA stool test. It checks for pathogens. It checks for the symptoms uh, regarding leaky gut, which can lead to systemic inflammation. It also checks many other markers, but these two in particular when we're looking at hypertension. I also like to order a Dutch cortisol test. This is a dried urine test. To look at your daily patterns of cortisol production, under stress, your adrenal glands make and release the hormone cortisol into your bloodstream. Cortisol causes an increase in your heart rate and in your blood pressure. I also frequently order a toxic element urine test to check for heavy metals such as mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic, aluminum, because high levels of heavy metals can cause high blood pressure. Heavy metals inactivate important enzymes in your body, which ultimately leads to blood vessel damage and a lot of inflammation. Heavy metals also remove the protective effects of those heart-healthy omega-3 fats, and they increase adrenaline, putting you into a fight-or-flight mode and raising your blood pressure. You doing do a comprehensive blood test to check your blood cell count, your levels of potassium, sodium, and magnesium, a fasting glucose or sugar level, your insulin level, vitamin D, cholesterol panel, a thyroid panel, and CRP to check your levels of inflammation. So let's look at a few case histories. A 42-year-old male recently came to me. His blood pressure over the previous four weeks was averaging about 138 over 98 to 140 over 100. He was experiencing headaches every day and woke up several times during the night. He needed to lose about 15 pounds, and he was suffering daily with bloating and diarrhea. I started out by recommending an anti-inflammatory diet and eliminated all allergens from his diet. I also recommended something called bonito peptides and magnesium to balance his blood pressure. I recommended holy basil, ashwagandha, and bacopa to balance his stress and help his insomnia. I recommended antimicrobial herbals to address his diarrhea and bloating and a plasma-based colostrum to stop the diarrhea. I also recommended vitamin D, because his vitamin D levels were low. I ordered a GI map DNA stool test. When he came back two weeks later, his blood pressure was normal. It was in the 120s over 80s, he'd lost 15 pounds, he no longer had headaches, he was sleeping through the night, and his diarrhea and bloating had stopped. His stool test revealed dysbiotic bacteria, so I had him continue the antimicrobials, he also had high levels of a bacteria called H. pylori. This is a bacteria associated with ulcers. And I recommended herbals to kill the H. pylori. Four weeks later, his blood pressure was still normal, he was symptom-free, and he felt great. Another patient who came in to me in 2017, she was 53 years old with a blood pressure of about 144 over 98. I recommended an anti-inflammatory diet, the Benito peptides. EPA, DHA fish oil, and magnesium glycinate. After three weeks, she had a normal blood pressure of 122 over 86. The third patient I wanted to review was a 57-year-old female who came in in uh, May of 2018. Her blood pressure was 160 over 95, and she did not want to take medications. She was 30 pounds overweight, had allergies, constant nasal congestion, and postnasal drip. She also had duodenal pain and very high stress levels. I recommended an anti-inflammatory, allergy-free diet, and I ordered a DNA stool test. I recommended the Bonito peptides, magnesium, and fish oil to lower her blood pressure, and ashwagandha, bacopa, and holy basil to address her high stress levels. After two weeks, her blood pressure was down to 140 over 85. Her ankles were much less swollen, and she'd lost three pounds. Two weeks later, her blood pressure was down to 130 over 80, her congestion was better, and she'd lost 5 pounds. Her DNA stool test came back and showed poor fat break, dysbiotic bacteria, low immunity, and very high levels of inflammation. I recommended herbal antimicrobials for the dysbiotic bacteria, bile salts and pancreatic enzymes to address her poor fat breakdown, colostrum for the poor immunity, and I added curcumin and alpha-lipoic acid to help reduce the inflammation. Two weeks later, she'd lost 12 pounds, her blood pressure was 130 over 80. And eight weeks after her first visit, she'd lost 14 pounds and her blood pressure was 130 over 80. Now let's look at natural solutions to naturally lower your blood pressure. Eating the right foods, taking the proper nutrients, and avoiding the wrong foods can dramatically lower your blood pressure. First, follow an anti-inflammatory plant-based diet rich in fruits, Eating at least 10 servings of vegetables per day, wild-caught fish, pastured meats, organic poultry, nuts and seeds high in fiber, and healthy fats. To increase your antioxidant levels, it's important to eat plenty of colorful fruits and vegetables. Avoid all processed junk food, including sodas, juices, and diet drinks. Avoid hydrogenated fats and margarine shortening, and avoid all processed oils. It's also important to eat other sources of good fats including avocados, extra virgin olive oil, nuts and seeds. Avoid caffeine and alcohol consumption until your blood pressure is under control. I recommend taking the following supplements. The first one is something called Bonito peptides. I recommend this to all of my patients who have high blood pressure. Bonito is a fish belonging to the tuna and mackerel family that's traditionally consumed in Japan. Japanese researchers have identified a patented process to isolate specific active bonito peptides with demonstrated blood pressure lowering effects in both animals and in humans. Bonitopeptides provide safe and natural blood pressure support for individuals with prehypertension, systolic blood pressure between 120-139 and diastolic pressure between 80-89 or stage 1 hypertension where the systolic pressure is between 140 to 159 and the diastolic or lower number is between 90 to 99. Bonitopeptides have been shown to inhibit ACE activity. We mentioned earlier that ACE causes formation of angiotensin II, a potent compound that is responsible for blood vessel constriction. If you have a high amount, it can lead to detrimental effects such as local arterial damage, blood clot formation, and increased oxidative stress. Three human clinical trials have been successfully conducted using peptides in subjects with borderline or mild hypertension. Data has revealed significant decreases in blood pressure, with an average decrease of 10 in systolic pressure and 7 in diastolic pressure, after several weeks of use. In a recent study, researchers used an optimized peptide mixture of 1.5 grams daily. Clinical trial research suggests that bonito peptides are approximately 64% effective in reducing blood pressure in borderline and mildly hypertensive subjects. In these clinical trials, no adverse side effects were reported, suggesting that bonito peptides have an excellent safety profile. In the first five-week period, the group receiving bonito peptides showed a clear decrease in blood pressure. The systolic pressure decreased by about and the diastolic pressure decreased by 6.9 and I've seen the results in about three weeks. I also recommend EPA DHA fish oil. Several studies have shown the blood pressure lowering effects of EPA and DHA. These are the good fats found in cold water fish. I recommend taking about 2400 IUs per day. Another product is CoQ10. It's an antioxidant that has vasodilation effects. And levels are generally lower in patients who have high blood pressure. I recommend taking between 100 and 225 milligrams per day. The allicin, or the active compound in garlic, has vasodilating effects and can reduce blood pressure. It's also anti-inflammatory and antibacterial. I recommend 6 to 10,000 units of allicin per day. Vitamin C is a potent antioxidant. It inactivates free radicals and helps to protect your cells from the damage caused by free radicals. As vitamin C is water-soluble, it also acts as a diuretic, causing your kidneys to remove more sodium and water from your body, which helps to relax your blood vessels and can lower your blood pressure. I recommend taking 1,000 milligrams per day. I also recommend taking potassium if you have high blood pressure. The more potassium you eat, the more sodium you lose through your urine. Potassium also helps to ease tension in your blood vessel walls, lowering your blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure, take about 2,000 milligrams per day. The average American consumes about 2,800 milligrams per day of potassium, and the RDA for potassium is 4,700 milligrams per day. Our Paleolithic ancestors consumed over 10,000 milligrams per day of potassium. Magnesium prevents blood vessels from constricting which can increase blood pressure and has been shown to improve blood flow. I like the chelated forms like magnesium glycinate because they're best absorbed, and I recommend taking 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day. Taking beetroot powder can be helpful because nitrates from beets are converted to nitric oxide, and nitric oxide relaxes your blood vessels and dilates them, which helps the blood flow more easily and lowers your blood pressure. Berberine lowers your triglycerides, improves insulin sensitivity, and lowers blood pressure. The amino acid L-carnosine lowers blood pressure by vasodilating or opening your blood vessels and reduces your leptin levels that can cause an increase in blood pressure. L-arginine is another amino acid that's converted into nitric oxide and nitric oxide dilates your blood vessels, improves your blood flow, and lowers your blood pressure. Vitamin D deficiency may be a risk factor for high blood pressure. Researchers examined the link between vitamin D and high blood pressure. Data presented from more than 35 studies and 155,000 people revealed that high concentrations of vitamin D resulted in lower blood pressure levels and reduced the risk of gain- getting high blood pressure. Vitamin K2, the main job of vitamin K2 is to make sure calcium goes where it should, such as into your bones, and doesn't end up where it shouldn't, like into your blood vessels. Therefore, vitamin K2 is important for preventing vascular stiffness and calcification, which can lead to high blood pressure and heart disease. From an analysis of 168 countries, deaths from cardiovascular diseases are higher in people who consume less vitamin K and peripheral artery diseases also more common in high blood pressure patients with lower vitamin K2 intake. If you have insomnia... I recommend taking L-theanine. This is an amino acid that will increase your levels of GABA, which is a a brain chemical that helps us to stay asleep at night. Taurine, holy basil, magnolia, and 5-HTP are also important to help you sleep. 5-HTP converts to the brain chemical serotonin, and that converts to melatonin at night, which helps you to sleep. I also recommend taking a multivitamin and mineral to provide all of your essential vitamins and all of your minerals. Exercise is very important and all kinds of exercise are good. Endurance, dynamic resistance, or isometric. A recent study showed that isometric, the type where you contract a particular muscle or group of muscles, has the potential to reduce blood pressure. It's very important to get an adequate amount of sleep. Inadequate and poor quality sleep are both associated with high blood pressure. One study found increased blood pressure in those who got fewer than five hours of sleep per night when compared with people who slept around seven hours. Reducing your stress is an absolute must if you have high blood pressure. When you're stressed, your body produces fight-or-flight hormones. These hormones constrict your blood vessels and increase your blood pressure. So if you have anxiety or panic attacks... I recommend taking chewable tablets that contain L-theanine, which is the amino acid that converts to that relaxing brain chemical GABA, and 5-HTP, which converts to serotonin. Uh, if you chew a couple of these, they work very quickly and very well for panic attacks or anxiety. Another effective remedy is a combination of the amino acid L-theanine, phosphatidylserine, macopa, and ashwagandha. The final thing I'd like to close with is um, I suggest going to YouTube and typing in the three principles, or you can just do a Google search and look at the three principles. This is something that I've been watching for the last two to three years, and it's been absolutely life-changing in terms of just being relaxing and explaining how our minds work. I thank you so much for listening. If you'd like a one-on-one consultation with me, please go to my website, that's DrGaila.com. That's D-R-G-A-I-L-A dot I also recommend going to YouTube or going to Google and type in the three principles. This is an excellent explanation about how our feelings are a result of our thinking. It's just a great explanation of how our mind works. And uh, I find that listening to it is very relaxing and very rewarding. I thank you so much for listening. If you'd like a one-on-one private consultation with me, Please go to my website drgala.com. That's drgaila.com that's d r g a i l a.com